Um, you know, in our school system now, they're they're doing, they're giving kids, you know, because it's it's allowed. Here's a book to find out if you're a boy or a girl. We never imagined that when we were in school. You know, but we need people to stand up and say, you know what? There still is a God. And, and he rules and reigns. And so, you know, make your voice heard. So en- enough about that. I just want you to be brave in a community that needs a voice. And uh, so uh, it's just good. I'm very thankful for Mr. Sean and Lacey that are doing kids ministry. I was over here Friday. And, uh, and I came and, and he was sitting in the parking lot. I said, hey, buddy, what are you doing? And he said, I just came here with my kids to pray. I'm like, dude, you are rocking my world. So it was awesome. And then, you know, uh, and I said, well, come on in. And, you know, we're starting to make some changes and we're dreaming over for what's going to happen over there in the, in the Max area. And so we're excited about what God has got in the future. So, and it's not on the announcements, but I'm going to give you a little prequel here. We have a harvest party scheduled next month, uh, the 21st on Sunday at Lawrence Orchards. We usually go there every year. They have a hayride. They have, we have a chili cook-off. We'll, we'll, it'll be on announcements next week. But just to give you a little heads up, you know, and, and uh, you know, you, you bring food and they'll have all whatever to do. I mean, it's just an amazing time. There's a campfire. There's a little train ride for kids. And uh, just we have some great cooks in this church. And, uh, you know, some, some of you guys make some of the same things and bring them and keep doing that because everybody <laughs> likes it. So it's awesome. But uh, so I'm excited about that. It's always a good place to connect. That's a great place to invite some friends. Just come to the harvest party. I, I think it starts like at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and it's usually over by eight ish, you know, or something like that. By the time campfire's done or whenever they want, they can come and go when however they do it. Rick is usually there uh, with his big old grill and Mr. Frymaster. He should be on Food Network somewhere. Uh, my name's Rick Gatrell, and I cook food. <laughs> <laughs> He does a great job, and we just love the fact that he does that. He's just wonderful. Shar and him are both just incredible assets to the church. Uh, we've been talking about just impossible things. We've been talking about Mission Impossible. Ron's going to be ready. See, watch. That's the best part. I love that. Huh? Anyway, we've been talking about things that are just impossible, or sometimes we get in a, a thing where it, this mountain is in front of us, and we don't know how to get rid of it, and in our culture, we've been taught really to climb mountains, and sometimes you have to walk things out. Many times you have to walk things out. I get it, but our faith hasn't been t- teaching us, or we've not been teaching or learning the principles of the kingdom to dissolve the thing, throw it into the sea, so we got a clear view. And I, you know, I began to ask God, like, why do we say the sea? Why then just pull up the mountain and throw it over? Where can you bury a mountain? The sea. I mean, God's just an amazing God. So how do we do that? And we, we, let me just review for just a, a second. You know, we, we found that life and death is in our mouth. And so what we speak and, and what we do, it does matter. Sometimes we think, oh, it's just idle words. The Bible talks about idle words. All of those are being taken down. So we do have a responsibility of what we're saying. I had a guy show me last night, and it was crazy. I almost wish I had it to do today because I said, what? But he was saying, do you ever see how how powerful words are? And he showed me this demonstration by just speaking. And uh, this uh, washer that was hanging on a string, he just started naming numbers. He had numbers around, and the washer would start moving towards it. And I'm like, that's kind of creepy. 
you know, so I'm like, are you doing it? Like, dude, you, you can have anybody do this. I mean, and maybe sometime we'll do that. But uh, he was talking about power of words. We got in this discussion just about how, how important it is to begin to speak life. I've had the privilege of praying for people and speaking life to them because sometimes that mountain is all they can see. Say amen to that. You get something in front of you and you can't see past that, then you, you need to see past it. That's why testimonies are great when God has removed a mountain, dissolved it, and you're able to share, look, this is what he did for me. Can I tell you, my friends, he's no respecter of persons. The same God, Hebrew says, yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. And so we have to see those things. And, and we are triune beings. We, we have a, a soul and a spirit that lives in a body. And the thing that's connected to God is our spirit. That's what stays connected to God. Our, our soul, our mind, our will and emotions, we live in a body. But we, we got to understand we need that connection. And that's how we can figure things out because we stay connected with God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. Sometimes it takes a lot of times. As a kid growing up, did your parents ever have to tell you something twice? <laughs> Brett Allen! Better get out of that tree! Brett Allen! I thought for years my, my mom's name was Mom Butt. Mom but. I want to live a life with purpose. I want you to live a life with purpose. I want to see you succeed. Pastor Kim and I, it is part of our our agenda to pray for you all the time that success will be found in your hands. God blesses the work of your hands. Your businesses will be blessed. Your homes will be blessed. Your kids will be blessed. What you put your hands to will be blessed. Life with purpose. So the first thought I want to unpack this morning is we need to give credit where credit is due. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. We've got to give God credit. Now, we, you know, Kim and I have lived in all kinds of things. We've lived in a half a double. We lived in a uh, 12 by 60 trailer. In the, when we first got married. But you know, when, you, when you're in love, I could live in a treehouse. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I remember the 12 by 60 trailer when the wind would blow. We had a spatula and spoons that, you know, you kind of hung by the stove. They would go, ting, ting, ting. Like, and I don't know why tornadoes like trailer parks. I'm not sure. But, you know, you start wondering, okay, and we've lived in all kinds of things. But, you know, we've had sometimes, we've done something, God has just moved and blessed us and all that. And sometimes people go, oh, gee whiz, it must be nice. Now, I'm not saying that braggingly, I'm just telling you, it is nice as you follow God. And I'll explain some of that so that'll make some more sense here in just a few minutes. But the Bible says that God gives us power to get wealth and do different things to create income. He does different things. He can give you ideas and concepts and, and that will just change your situation. How many knows that one word from God can change everything? God can tell you something and it could just change everything. Look at 2 Kings uh, 4, 1 through 7. This is the majority of our scripture this morning. One day the widow of a member of the group of the prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead 
and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked, tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of oil, she replied. Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Go into your house and your sons. Shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after the other. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live what's left over. So you read that, and we've read it before, and we talk about how the oil multiplied and, and all of that. But the question has to come up if it's with you. This guy was with Elisha. This man she's talking about, her husband who's passed away, worked with Elisha. So the question, I guess, is uh, why is she in debt? Why is there such this debt? If he worked with Elisha and he's, you know, talking to her about now, obviously, Old Testament, but still, here's the kingdom of God. God is helping. He's doing all these things. Why is she in debt? He doesn't answer her in the way that most ministers today would answer her. He doesn't say, you know what, we'll receive an offering. We might send you some flowers. We'll be praying for you. And that's nothing wrong with that. That's probably a common answer. But this is what he says. If you look at the text, he says, what do you want? So it brings us to our second point I want to unpack. There's a lot of people that hear but don't listen. There's a lot of people that hear but don't listen. I'm guilty of that. Are you? Sometimes my wife will tell me things, and I heard her. I didn't listen. My kids would tell me things. Maybe I heard them. I didn't listen. Or maybe vice versa. I would tell them something, and they heard me. Did you hear me? But they didn't listen. So there's a difference between just hearing that and actually filtering that through a listening ear. Sometimes we don't filter too well. And again, I'm not here to step on your toes. I'm stepping on mine. Sometimes I jump to conclusions. Anybody do that? Or I assume. I assume you meant this. Sometimes that gets you in trouble. Assuming sometimes is... Yes, we'll just move on. But, you know, there's things about Kim and I that we, we work together. We, we have a vision board. We're, you know, we're working on getting all of what we want on the vision board. And that's important because, again, life is in your mouth. And you need to put things in front of your eyes that you're believing for. You need to see those. And we've talked about that when it comes to faith. God told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Come on, let me take you outside. Look at the stars. God gave him a picture of what he needed to see. Some of y'all need a picture. Now listen to me. I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm saying you, you got mountains in front of you. You need a picture of what you're seeing. If you're sick, picture yourself well. If you're If you're too heavy, picture yourself thin. If you're skinny and don't have any muscles, picture yourself buff. Well, whatever, get a picture so that you can start saying, you know what, God, I believe for that. 
Maybe it's something I'm believing for vacation. We were believing to go to Disney World. We just came back a week or so ago. But you know what? We put a picture of the castle on the vision board. And we knew what it would cost for us to go. And so we believed and started putting our hand to that. And we went there. We don't have any credit going back to Disney because it was paid for. Because we put our hand to that. But it started by exercising our faith. We, Kim and I want to be debt-free. I don't know if you like that idea for yourself. I like being debt-free. I don't like people calling. You ever, we had that before in the beginning. And you want to pay who screams the loudest. Nobody likes that. I like listening to Pastor Gary because he's completely debt-free. And I like that freedom. I, I like knowing that, you know, God, what do you want me to do? This is your money. What do you want? This is what you want me to invest in. So my question again goes back to why was uh, Elisha's ministry leaving this man or the man that was in that, leaving his wife in debt? So I believe he was taught right, but maybe he didn't listen. Maybe he heard and didn't listen. You know, I love, I love people. I love helping people. And as, as just a pastor and a counselor, I get to help all kinds of different people, all kinds of different issues. Usually if I'm doing counseling and it's going to go on for any, you know, several weeks, I usually give homework. I know that sounds kind of... But, the, but here's the point. You know, sometimes they'll be like, oh, I'm, you know, we just need, you know, we need this and there's this and we're fighting against this. And I'll give them the word. How many knows the word works if you use the word? And so, you know, I'll give them, oh, this is what I want you to do. And say, say the homework was, I need you to, I want you to look up all these scriptures. I want you to get in your Bible, get in your concordance. Concordance is just that thing in the back that tells you if you have whatever subject. I need some scripture on joy. Maybe you're sad. I need some scripture on finance. Maybe some things are going on. I need this on bitterness or anger or whatever. Here's what I want you to do. And I want you to get these. I want you to take them on post-it notes. I want you to put them on your window or your mirror in the bathroom. Or I want you to put them on your car every time you see them. I want you to say them out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some people are like, that's too elementary, my dear Watson. And they don't want to do that. And so then they'll come back in the next time and they'll say, okay, pastor, we're ready to meet. And I'll say, did you do your homework? Well, no. All right, you need to see the secretary and set up another appointment. Well, aren't we going to see each other today? No, you didn't, you didn't do what I asked you. Don't like that. Here's, this is what I'm trying to say. I love you trying to get you somewhere sometimes we don't listen there's a lot of things going on and god is telling us to do something and we hear it but we don't listen faith without works is dead we don't put our hand to it we don't put our our mind to it we think we already assume man i'm telling you what i've got myself in so much trouble by just trying to think and think i'm all that in a bag of chips guess what we are not we have to figure god You are the main element in everything I do. I think this man was making his wife climb the mountain and not dissolve it. Anybody ever have any trouble receiving? I've had that issue too. So, okay, this is is therapy for me. You're helping me. You're the counselor today. I'm the patient. (laughs) 
But sometimes, you know, we just, you know, you want to help somebody and you, you feel like the Lord wants you to do that. And they, that, yeah. And, and you're like, no, I, I really, I want, nope. But I need, say they say, you know what, I'm believing God and we don't have this. And you're like, I want to take care of that. Nope. You're almost like, Okay. <laughs> And they're going to walk away and go, you know what? I sure wish. Why didn't you provide? It's almost like the joke that says, Lord, a flood comes. The guy comes in a four-wheeler before the water's too tall. Get on. We'll get you out of here. No, God's going to save me. Comes in a boat. No, God's going to save me. Helicopter. God's going to save me. They end up drowning. Get to heaven. God, I told him you'd save me. He said, I sent three things. Sometimes we do that. We got to learn to receive. Not just listen, but do and receive. I'm believing God to leave an inheritance, not just for my children, but for my children's children. And if I have my way, my children's children, children. That's the way we're going to work it. I'm going to use the resources that God gives me and glorify how good God is. I'm not going to let the world dictate my state of being. I'm going to let the kingdom reign and rule in our lives. And just show people around how good Jehovah God is. I like to see fruit. How about you? <laughs> Years ago, we went to Michigan for vacation all the time. My dad will remember this. And, and we were in uh, these cabins. There was like 11 cabins in a row. And it's... Uh, I, I think I told Rick about this place. It's a great place to go. If you want a great vacation fishing cabin kind of thing and lakes are right there, it's awesome. So anyway, we'd go there and they have a fish house in the middle of those cabins out right by the river where you can, if you catch a fish, you don't have to take them into your cabin. And the ladies, you'd appreciate that. You can clean it all with the sink and everything out there. So that's kind of cool. There's papers out there, trash cans, so you don't have to bring it in the, in the cabin. But there's these guys they, we called them the walleye boys. And they would go out and they'd bring in these big walleye and everybody. And we'd ask them, where'd you get it? Where'd you get them? And this is what they said, water. <laughs> but we saw fruit from whatever, you know, we were fishing, but we weren't getting that fruit. So we want to know, how did you do it? What were you using? And if we could find them, and we, we went on the quest as Sherlock Holmes and Watson to find out where they were. And there's a whole another story with that. But anyway, there's fruit from that. See, people want fruit. They want to see success. They, they like that because you, you're proven you're a walking testimony. How did you do what you did? How did that happen? How did that, you know, give me the fruit. Show me how the answer was for that. Because what happens is, is we start assuming, well, God does it for some. He'll do it for PB, but he won't do it for me. That is a lie from the pits of hell. He, he loves you and he wants you to receive and listen. There are some folks that just get it. But see, others, we stay very limited in our view. We need to learn something and then apply it. Learn and apply. I want to dissolve mountains. If we can take the unbelievable and the impossible and then make it doable because God said it is. I mean, God does all kinds of things that don't seem right. Go dip seven times. You'll be healed. 
Why not five? Why do I have to dip it all? That's kind of dippy, isn't it? But seven. Throw that stick in and make the water sweet. Hold your staff up over that sea. Those waters will part and you'll walk across it on dry ground. Follow that cloud. Follow that pillar of fire. Go out in the morning. There'll be bread on the ground. You can gather all you need. And, I mean, all the stuff is like, are you kidding me? But it's all about receiving and listening and believing the impossible. Because with God, the impossible becomes doable when God is involved. See, Elisha says this, tell me what you have in the house. Because God always deals with the seed. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Sowing and reaping. What do you have in the house? And there's all kinds of stories. You've heard so many of my stories. I mean, there's times that I don't even understand how the kingdom works. I'm just, this is just the book of bread. I'm just telling you. I'm entertainment for heaven sometimes. I'm telling you. I think the angels are like, get over here, look at this guy. I don't know. Boy, this is good. Get the popcorn, Peter. Come on. I mean, I'm just, we get into ministry, and, and I'm, just, I'm just a dude. I got corduroy pants. I got boots. I always wore cowboy boots at the time, and I had just like, you know, I don't know, guyish or cowboyish, because I like John Wayne and cowboys and all that. And so... You know, if I'm going to start preaching and nobody else was wearing that, you need some, some clothes. And I'm like, I got no money for clothes. I mean, I got no money for clothes. I had like two pair of corduroy, you know, and a pair of jeans. You know what I'm saying? I'm living by myself. <laughs> I got nothing. Well, actually, then I didn't, I wasn't living by myself. I got married to beautiful here. So... Uh, but, you know, we were living in that 12 by 60 trailer and different things. I mean, we just, you know, we, we, if somebody would say, hey, hey, we're going to go over here and you guys want to come? And this is what you're hoping. Now, I'm just telling you honest. You're hoping, I want to go, but we don't have the money. But how do I say that and not feel like I'm eating crow or that I'm not embarrassed? Oh, I'd love to. Oh, but we, we can't. Okay. Oh, rain check. Yeah, rain check. Yeah, that's great. How many of those, most of those cloudy rain checks never come in? And so, you know, just thinking of that. So I, there's times I didn't, I just sewed a button. Here, God. What do you have? Now, I don't want to see any buttons in the offering today. <laughs> Somebody says, I need new shoes. Wait a minute. <laughs> But within a couple of weeks, I had somebody give us a check. We didn't tell anybody. Gave us a check for $500 and said, God told me you were believing for clothes. And hand me a check. Now, I don't, I don't understand the kingdom at this point, And I'm not saying I understand everything now. I'm just saying somehow I tapped into something. Something happened. And we started doing more and more things. We started, God started uncovering things. We started figuring out how the kingdom works. We started believing God. We, we bought a house at one time. We said, we, you know what, we, we need them. I think people might, maybe they took pity on me. You know, you ever have a big yard and you're mowing it with a little 18-inch push mower? You know, by the time you get the yard done, you got to mow it again because it's going to take you days. So we, we, we just, what do we have? We, okay, we're, God, we're believing you for a mower. We didn't even, we're not understanding everything. We just knew enough about God that we are dangerous. 
And I got a card, and it said, God told me, and listen, I'm, I'm a guy that, in faith, I like seeing things. I went to the mower shop. I don't have a mower. I don't have any money to buy a mower. I'm not going to tell them that. But, you know, they're always saying, just put this on your visa, and you can have your yard mowed. No. I'm just saying, what do you got? What's, you got any used mower? And here was, there was a used John Deere mower. 38-inch cut mower. And I told the lady, I still remember this. I said, man, I wish it had headlights. And she looked at me, and I, I don't know if she thought I said headlights. I don't think so. I said headlights. And she goes, what do you want a mower with headlights for? And I said, so I can see when I'm mowing. And she looked at me like I was nuts. But see, she hadn't been, I'm not, this is what I'm thinking. I've been mowing when it's dark with a little 18-inch mower. And find out I'm not hitting every strip I need. <laughs> So my mind hasn't totally transformed into this. And she's just like, you don't need a mower with headlights. I don't. But anyway, I liked the mower. It was 935 or 50 bucks or something. I don't remember what it was. Somewhere in nine something. Kim and I sowed a seed for it. Didn't say anything to anybody. Got a card in the mail. I don't even know who. I, I think it was an anonymous card. Pastor. Lord told us you need a lawnmower. I hope this covers it. And it was 900, and it was like everything. I just went and bought the mower. So, man, I'm telling you, when I'm mowing that yard that next time, I'm like Eddie Albert and Green Acres. Green Acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. I mean, I'm just like, this is awesome. What? Fruit. Don't really understand how I tapped into all of that. But God's teaching me. God always deals with the seed. See, some of you are like, oh, what what do I have? See, this woman is like, what I have isn't much. Little is much when God's involved. You know, my son Sam, he's got a 10-point buck on his wall, and his seed was $1.50. Might have been $2.50 at the most, but I mean, I'm just saying. If God tells you to sow more, you sow more, whatever he tells you. Here's number three. Blessings follow obedience. This is what she says, nothing at all except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Go to your house with your sons, shut the door behind you, pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. Now, this is, I put this in bold. So she did as she was told. She didn't just hear it, she listened. She did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, she filled one after the other. Every container was full to the brim. Bring me another. There aren't any more. The olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil, pay your debts, and your sons can live on what's left over. See, God is about to move through his servant here, and he's trying to tell her, I'm getting you set up. I'm setting you up for something. Now, I'm not Elisha. I'm not Brescia. I don't know why I said that. But all I'm saying is, I'm setting you up because some of you are on the brink right here of just saying you're like on the edge. God, I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to trust you. But you just. Won't listen. You're afraid. Did you know fear is faith just turned around? It's faith in the opposite direction. You're going to have to do some things afraid. That's a quote from Joyce Meyer. You're going to have to just say, you know what, God, I trust you. 
But there is power within Elisha that is working in his believing and his saying. What he's saying, he's believing. Did you know you have that risen Christ power in you? You're believing and saying. There's power in that. He gives her instructions. Shut the door behind you. And you can have a lot of things. Why would you shut the door? Can I say that everybody, you have to be careful who you share with what you're believing for. Does that make sense? You could say, you know, that scripture, don't put your pearl, cast your pearl before swine. I'm not calling anybody pigs. The reference is just, some people aren't going to believe that. In other words, you might see it as coming, you have the picture of it. They will trample, they don't believe it. I believe Elisha is saying, shut the door. Because he, is, he has given you instructions and he does not want doubt and unbelief in the room. Can you hang with me for just a couple more minutes? You don't need doubt and unbelief. Because doubt and unbelief, you get nothing. The Bible says if we're, you know, if we're double-minded in James, it says we don't receive anything. Elisha is saying, listen to what I'm telling you. Here's what I want you to do. Go do this. Shut the door behind you. Because I'm just, you, you think about it in whatever neighborhood they're in. If I went to everybody around my neighborhood, do you got any jars? Big ones, little ones, I don't care. Can I, can I, can I borrow them? What do you need jars for? There's as many, you, we'd probably have a wagon stacking jars going down the, the neighborhood. Come on, think about it. You're going to everybody. Jars, I need, I need containers. Why? Oh, sure, there's a couple. I mean, what do you... You got any big ones? Now, you'll understand here in just a second. There's going to be people that just don't always agree with you. If they don't agree with you, keep them out. It might be family. Some people don't agree with you until it happens, and then they go, I knew it all along. Yeah, I saw Rudolph growing up too. God bless his father. I knew that nose would be good all along. No, you didn't. That's my boy. Sometimes you just have to, mm, I love you, but mm, you know what? You didn't believe me in the beginning. Just hang on for a little while. Can I say this to you, my friends? Dreams have no expiration dates. I love the Lord. He, he, he does so many things in, in dreams. He gives you dreams and visions, things that you want, desires that you have. I, 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 maybe some of you have ideas to have your own business and different avenues of income. You know, Abraham had way, you know, maybe four or five avenues of income. That's cool. That's good. I love entrepreneurship. And if he gives you that, see yourself as the business owner. See it prospering. He tells you things in dreams. He speaks to my wife in dreams and visions. You see, when you have a dream, God will, if, if it's a God dream, he plans on getting it fulfilled. It doesn't matter your age. You know, Moses didn't do anything until he was 80. You can have what you believe, but you've got to believe when you pray, not when it shows up. You see, we don't, last week we talked about it, we don't pray and pay and let me just reference that because this is what we think. If I need that dream to come to pass, we start figuring out how it's going to happen. Okay, I got to get another job. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to figure out. Um, uh, we'll, we'll do this. We'll do that. And there may be some things that are truth in that that maybe you're 
not being good steward in some areas. So I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is we try to put our natural self into figuring everything out. How we're going to pay for that. And this is what God told me. This changed my whole... I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I'd say, I'm believing for this. And then he would, you know, I felt like, oh, okay. And then I started thinking, how am I going to pay that? And this is what he says. I didn't ask you to pay. I asked you to pray and believe. I just asked you to believe. But see, our mind goes right away to how we were brought up. I got to, how am I going to finagle? How am I going to pay? How many jobs would it take? What if I starve for... Don't you start thinking like that? I mean, if I, hmm. And God is just, you know, so many times I think he just wants you just to believe. Now, there could be a timing thing and, and you know, for your business to get going or, or whatever or for finances to come around. I get that. But he's just asking you to believe for it. Quit trying to reason your natural way about how it's all going to happen. How many just sometimes you just need somebody to believe with me? You, or with you? Now, again, I'm a guy, and I, I've, I've done this wrong. My wife is a girl. That makes sense, doesn't it? So we, we tend to stick the way, the old-fashioned way, you know. <laughs> but, guys, we are fix-it people, most of us. If our wives come to us, and they want something, they want to tell us something, they're not looking for us to give them all the ways on how to fix it. They're looking for us just to comfort them and believe with them. <laughs> All the girls, did you hear him? <laughs> I hope you took notes. Because this is what, Kim would come and she would say something and she would be just wanting to tell me something. This is when I'm upset. And then I'd be like, okay, well, here's why you need to be quit being upset because this reason right here, you need to do that and you need to do this and you need to do that. Now go do that and come back. I don't know why she's treating me cold. She doesn't want that. She just wants me to believe with her, hold her, and tell her it's going to be all right. I don't have to have all the answers. But you see, our natural mind is, i got to protect, i got to fix, i got to make this right. We tend to let that bleed over in other areas. I'm working on it. She's been very patient with me. Hmm. The Bible says she did as she was told. One version says it came to pass. Don't you love that? It came to pass. I had one, one teenager one time ate five Big Macs. Dude's got 12-pack abs. Looks great. I even think about a Big Mac. I was like, did I just gain weight? That's almost how you feel. And this is what I wanted to tell him. He's like, I can eat anything I want, and I don't gain an ounce. I'm like, well, that'll come to pass. <laughs> But anyway, one of the versions says it came to pass. Listen to this. You know, I started, why did the oil stop? And it's pretty easy. You know, people said, well, she didn't have any more jars. Here's the other thing. God can't give you what you'll not receive. If you're not ready for it, you're not prepared for it, you're not getting it. I mean, Kim and I, I, again, I don't know everything. She knows most of everything. But, I mean, we've went to God and said, we want to do this. You know, there's a time where we're, you know, it would have just been a pipe dream to go to Disney World. 
And we went to God, we, don't, we can't do anything. I mean, we, we needed some, a whole cheese plate with the wine we had. You know what I'm saying? We just, oh, we can't do anything. And this is what God said. You don't even save a dollar. Ouch. And we didn't. We weren't saving anything. We were just expecting God to send the money angel or shake the money tree or, you know, somebody somehow. You know what I'm saying? And we started saying, you know, this kingdom is a little deeper than that. We have to put our hand to something. So we started saving. We started saying, okay. And so we, we listen, we heard him and we listened. So then we started applying that. And you know what happened? The next time we, pretty soon we had enough money to pay for the cabin on vacation. And it was just in our change. Crazy. There's things out there for you. But we're not listening. And we're not seeing what God wants us to see. He won't give you what you won't receive. Here's our last thought and we'll be finished. You control the harvest. You control the harvest. Now, I thought about this. I don't even have this in my notes. But remember the manna? There's people that tried to collect more, and it rotted. They were to collect what they had for their family. Well, they controlled that. They had however many kids. They got that much more manna. We got to understand, we have a part to play in all this. God doesn't waste. If this woman would have known how God was going to do this, what do you have in the house? All I got is a little bit of oil. Go get all the jars you can find. Go ask all your neighbors. Get as many jars as you can find. Get them in your house. Shut the door behind you. If she would have known or had any idea of how God was going to do this, she would have called, if there would have been camel trucking company back then, she would have got, hey, I need you to come on, come on, come on. She would have got as many truckloads of camel carrying jars that she could. We would have had so many jars of oil, they'd have been stacked probably outside just waiting to get inside. She still thought she had more because she said, give me another jar. And the son said, there, mom, it's it. There's no more. And the oil stopped. What our mindset tells us is, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I wish I'd have got more jars. You can't tell me she didn't have that thought. Because she wouldn't have asked for any more. I wish I'd have got more jars. You see, that's what our, our culture has taught us. The concept. You don't need. Now, this is where this battle is. God is a God of abundance. Okay, but there is abundance in fragments. We don't see them that way. Feeding of the 5,000, there's 12, Jesus says, because God doesn't waste. Go gather all the fragments, 12 baskets. That makes pretty good abundance when you gather all the fragments. How many have kids? Do you feed them fragments? We fed ours fragments. You didn't eat the other half of that grilled cheese? We don't just go, I don't know, maybe you do. I mean, there's a part where if you're out and away and you have no place to keep something good and you have to throw it, how many cringe if you have to throw it? How many want to overeat just so you don't have to throw it? 
How many have an eating disorder because you won't throw it? No, don't raise your hand. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, so, but this is what you have to tell yourself. You know what? My God's big enough. He'll make more. Because if you can't control that, that's out of your control. You have no way to keep that good. You can't be a good steward there. There's no way to keep it good. Don't worry about it. But if you're being a good steward, there may be fragments all around you and you don't see them. We paid for our cabin with our change. Fragments. Your power is in saving, or excuse me, in saying and believing. Your answer could be in fragment form, but see, we just want to see that whole picture. But God told us, you need to start saving. So we started saving fragments. Pretty soon those fragments added up to a whole lot. I want to set my kids up for a great inheritance. I want to set their kids up. That's my heart. I want to set my wife where she doesn't ever have to worry about that. I want to set my grandkids up. My great-grandkids up. I want to give God all the glory for that. But you see, I have to believe it. I have to say it. I want to remember the Lord my God, and I want to give him the glory, what he's done for me. Because there's power in my saying and believing. I want to be instant in season and out of season, making decisions that God puts on my heart and just say, yes, let's do that. Yes, let's do this. I've been in places where I've seen miracles happen. The power of saying and believing. I thought it was funny that she had to go get Elisha. He didn't stick around. She had to go tell him and ask him, what do I do now? I kind of think she would have figured it out by herself, but she had to go. And I thought, why didn't he stick around? Let me tell you, because Elisha already knew it would work. Because he knew there was power in his saying and believing. So he's already known, if she goes home and does this, case closed. It'll work. So she does that. And, he, and she comes back, what do I do now? And he says, go sell the oil. Sometimes there's obvious answers, but we, we can't see the forest through the trees. You want to see it, and you're like, could it be that easy? What if God's not trying to play hide and seek with you, and he just wants you to follow him? What if it's just easier than you think? What if your belief system would say, he'll do it for me. He did it for him or he did it for her. He'll do it for me. Let's do it God's way. I'm believing to live 120 years. I'm 57. I'm 57. (laughs) But I'm believing to live a long time. And this is what they say. The average lifespan in now is in the 70s or something like that. Or now it's maybe a little bit higher. That was the upper 70s. You know what? And... Society will just believe that because, well, that's what statistics say. So we believe that. How do you get healing if it's never preached? If nobody ever tells you about healing, how do you believe it? How do you believe in prosperity if nobody tells you about God has a better way? So when it comes to things like this, what if God says, you know, according to the Bible in Genesis, that says that the lifespan average man's 120. I'll take that. So I'm going to believe that. So I'm just telling you now. I'm believing 120. 
I'll still be chasing her at 120. You see, we make the choice what we believe, what we say. Now, I want to say God does, but God gives you that free will, that spirit that's connected to him. He tells you, you have to act and listen and choose. Choose this day who you'll serve. Joshua says, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God doesn't want you to choose death. He wants you to choose life. I'm, I'm about finished. How many remember pop bottles? You could get return on pop bottles. You could drink. Didn't Pepsi and Coke taste better? In, and you can still get it in glass bottles. But when I first met Kim, Kim's mom and dad, uh, they had me over. And, and then she made me two big burgers, you know. And she gave me a cold Pepsi. Like when you hit that and that little steam comes out. And you were just like. Heaven, I'm in heaven. And Kim hands that to me. It's hard to look at Pepsi when she was so pretty, but I got my eyes on the Pepsi finally. And she hands that to me, and she goes, here you go. And this is what I said. My dad will get a kick out of this. I said, do, do I have to split it? Because we always had to split our pop, and we got pop like twice a year. Well, unless we are on vacation. I got uh, Big Chief, remember the red cream soda? Or... Frosty root beer, remember that? I don't know if they still make those or not. But anyway, we, we got pop when Wizard of Oz was on. Because everybody watched about the same time. And um, Charlie Brown Christmas and Thanksgiving. That, you know, we might have got pop during that. We'd have popcorn, get pop about that time. Or sometimes dad would make pizza or something. And, and we would split the pop. Because we never really got our, our own. So when she said, you can have that, I'm like... And then they said this... If you drink that one, you can have another one. I felt like Jimmy Walker. Dynamite! I said, say what? Or, I'm, I'm telling you my age, or Arnold from Different Strokes. What you talking about, Willis? She opened the refrigerator, and there were bottles of Pepsi just in there going, drink me. And then, you know, as a kid, you could get those bottles and you could find them. We, I went around on my bike finding them on, this, on the road in the ditch because you got a nickel. And that's how I got my candy. Come on. You are an entrepreneur at eight years old, man. You're gathering all that stuff and you're like, I, I remember my sister bought a bag of Doritos for 53 cents. I remember them 49, 48, and then they went up to 53 and we thought that was highway robbery. This is what I'm telling you. I was very limited in my thinking. Because we grew up on Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. That's a poor man's Pepsi, right? We grew up on Kool-Aid. And so when we couldn't get the bottles anymore and they took that away, part of my mind was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be drinking too much more pop anymore. Because we're limited. We limit God in stupid little things. You know, God doesn't care about that. You see, that was my world. But it doesn't have to stay that way. God has opened up wonderful other things. I get all kinds of opportunities to fail. I just don't like to take any of them. As messed as I can, I like to stay away from them. 
I'm going to say this just because I, I love you and, I'm, and I'm, I'm done. You know, about five months ago, six months we bought the house? Five. We live on Vernon Heights Boulevard. Live in a uh, brick house. I feel like the whole city knows I live on Vernon Heights Boulevard. It's nuts. I mean, the one thing I do like living there, I can mow my yard in 30 minutes. And do the trim. But I'm, I'll, if I be out front, people will be like, Hey, PB! I don't even know who they are. Because by the time they're gone, all I see is fingers and hands. Or I hear a honk. <laughs> you know, hey, hi. I, I'm, half the time I'm working and waving. i got to have one hand free. I was wiping windows the other day. Hey! And it, now I'm saying this just to say, if you're new to this church and you're like, oh, he lives on the boulevard. I see where all the money's going. <laughs> I want to clear this up, okay? My salary hasn't changed for 12 years. True. The reason I've been able to do what I've done is because I've practiced what I've preached. Because I have other things that I do on the side that God has blessed me with that we've invested in and did things that have turned around and made $30,000 or this or that. Church didn't have anything to do with that. Just wanted to tell you. Not that you're wondering, but I'm just saying, God is so amazing. I want you to see this fruit. I'm not up here just saying, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I have a little bit of an idea what I'm talking about. Do I have the market on it? No. Do I need teaching still? Yes. Have I arrived? Never. Never will I arrive till we all get to heaven. But I want you to know that, that I love you. I'm not, I'm not prodding you to do something to, to have you think. Because there are those people out there that are just... I mean, I've seen things on Facebook. I've seen things where people are like, well, if this or this or this, then you know this. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. I'm just telling you, God has blessed me. Past pastoring. And he's going to continue to do that because he keeps giving me things that he wants me to do or be involved into that are good things. And I'm, I'm happy to do that. You can do the impossible. I believe in you. It's doable. Let God in on your life. Do those things that we've talked about. Blessing always follows obedience. Unpack this a little bit and start saying, you know what? I've, I've heard him, but I haven't, I haven't really listened. Listen to him. That one little idea, that one little thing might be something that will just change everything. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?